Hey, welcome to Waltrip Unfiltered. Last week, we were so fortunate to get to sit down and listen to Brad Kozlowski talk about not only NASCAR, but everything he does through his foundation, the lives he changes, the people he touches, and the way he races his car. Had so much fun sitting with Brad and talking to him. We decided to make it a two-part episode. And so this week, we have part two of Brad Kozlowski. Hope you enjoy the show. And please tell your friends about us. Make sure you uh, spread the word about Waltrip Unfiltered. Here's Brad. Be ready. Green flag, green flag. Um, so fast forward, obviously the big break from Todd and and and, and Dale Jr. To, to 2012 Cup Championship, 2010 Xfinity Championship, 30 Cup wins. Were you bold enough? When were you bold enough to dream that? That that could all. I never was. I'll be honest with you. So, um, the goal early in my career, if I'm being completely honest with you, I just wanted to take over my dad's truck team. Yeah, that was that was my goal. Like uh, my dad took over part of his dad's team. My dad and uncle both, I should say. And and your grandpa worked at Ford. Yeah, yeah. So my grandpa worked the yeah he was uh, worked at a uh, Ford Motor Company and. Um, so, so the the goal for me all along was just to take over my family's racing business. And if I could be a truck series driver that maybe won some races, you know, like a Jack Sprague or Ron Horner today or what, what Matt Crafton is now, um, that would have been like, that was my world. Like, wow, that would be the best thing ever. Yeah. You know, if I could win a race, you know, if I could win a championship, whoa. I Like, I didn't dream big enough. I didn't dream like I'm gonna win a cup race or, a cup or even a championship or even an Xfinity race or championship. I never dreamed that big, Michael. And when my family's race team, you know, went through its demise, uh, I didn't have a choice. I, get, I just was looking for opportunities, and what the opportunities were, they were. And uh, you know, I took them and ran with them. So, you know, with that in mind, that's what really got me to where I'm at. I I don't think I hated seeing my family's business crumble. It's devastating to see your family sell off. Even today it hurts. Yeah, oh, it still hurts. If it wouldn't have happened, I probably wouldn't be here today. I would have ran my family's business, and it would have been the mom-and-pop race team that it was, and hopefully it would have still been around if – but that's not how life worked out. And, uh, you know, I sometimes, you know, people tell me to count your blessings. And, and I, I would, you know, fire back with that. that and, and I think that's what my family and I talk about is I, I feel like uh, God had a bigger plan. Mm-hmm. And you don't always know what that plan is in the moment. Because believe me, in the moment when my family's team went under, um uh, I, the last thing I wanted to hear was God has a plan. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know that was not that was not going to sink in. Let's just put it that way. But now that I'm older and, and have uh, a clearer view of the picture, that that's definitely the case, and I'm very thankful. Do you remember the first lap you led in Cup racing? Yeah, I do. It's my first win. <laughs> How yeah. crazy is, is it? To pretty say crazy. That? Yeah, real crazy. I I remember making my first cup start and just being like, wow, I'm out was, here. Was the first cup start in James's car? No, it was in uh, Rick Hendrick's car, 08 Texas. I think I started in the 30s, finished like 17th. Yeah. 
which I thought was great. Right. You know, now it's like you run 17th. And psh, yeah. Terrible day. <laughs> but then you're like your, your first start, like, man, that was an awesome day. That and that move at Talladega to, to lead your first lap. I mean, you did that textbook perfectly. You, mm-hmm. you knew the rules, mm-hmm. which was crazy for a kid. And you said, I can't go under that line, and that guy's going to have a decision to make, and it'll be what it is. Yeah. Looking back, you've got to say that's that's about as good as it gets. I mean, you hated yeah. to see a guy wreck, but well, you no, didn't I, do anything wrong. I didn't want to see him wreck. I, you know, I honestly, when I made the move, I didn't think he would turn down. And in that split second where I, I realized, Michael, he was turning down and I had a decision to make what to do, I was mad. Because I didn't want to win the race that way. and But I also was and, – and keep in mind, these things happen. You know because you've – these are like – Yeah. And in that split second where I was processing what was happening, like I'd made the move high, I got him to walk up, I made the move back down, like I got him. And when he started to turn down, my initial thought was, man, that's BS. You know that I earned this. And you're going to try to make me go under line and lose this race. Wow. And, and then you make the conscious decision of I, what happens, happens. Yeah. You know, he's made his decision, uh, and I'm not going to let it affect me. His decision was his decision. And now, now that it's played out, of course, and I've been fortunate enough to win other races, it, it doesn't matter. But in the moment, it was... We were both probably a little frustrated with each other. Let's, let's leave it at that. But, uh, you know, because if you back up like two or three laps before that, we were both running like 10th or 15th. Mm-hmm. Right? We weren't like going to win the race. Right. And when I made the move to get to him and to push him, I was like, you were going to run 10th or 15th. I came up here and now you gotta, <laughs> you're going to run second. <laughs> you ain't going to win this race, but you're going to run second. Yeah. And then, Wait a minute. Now you're going to try to make me get penalized? Like, uh-uh. No, sir. And, um, you know, it's a, a quick roller coaster of emotions. That led to some other feuds. Yeah, that but, that wreck at Atlanta was was crazy. Yeah, um, we're 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 talking about Carl. Um, where y'all got together early in the race, and he fixed his car and come out and planted you. Yep, yeah. And your dad, you was, know, there were dad, probably some things that uh, I could have done better in in that timeline. That. Uh, was that 09 to 010, or was it longer than yeah, that? Yeah, was, there was about a, a year-long period there. Yeah. Um, so we had the incident at uh, uh, Talladega we just talked about. And then later that same season, um, we had uh, I had a situation where I ran in the back of Carl. We were at Memphis, and uh, Carl was in front of me. We'd all put on tires. The cars in front of us didn't have tires. We're driving through the pack. We're way faster than the pack. And the car in front of him checked up, and I, I barely touched him in the back, and he, he spun out. I, I don't even think he wrecked him. Maybe I don't remember. But uh, it cost him a shot at the race. I don't know if he would have won the race, but he he was good. And uh, that was completely on me. And uh, I didn't handle it really well after the race. Uh, I probably should have talked to him and, and – said something about it uh but then like the deal that happened at atlanta which was you know four months later five months later whatever it would have been uh he flat out just turned down on me and wrecked himself i mean like i don't know what i was supposed to do different like Mm -hmm. i was here you turned down you wrecked like 
But I think he was probably looking at the cumulative of the other things. And, you know, one of them I was clearly wrong. The other two, I don't think I was wrong at right. all. So Your dad was upset. I, I remember that interview. I, I can see him So right that now. was a few months later. Uh, you know, we had another run in. And what's interesting is my dad has been, uh, after our race team went through its demise, my dad has been uh, really not that involved in my career. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that think he, he was or is. Uh, but he really focused on my brother and trying to help him and because and, my brother, he wanted to see my brother have the same opportunities I had. But then they did that interview at the track, which my dad was there because he was working on my brother's car. <laughs> and uh, a bunch of people afterwards thought that, you know, uh, my dad was kind of like my caretaker, which I always thought was kind of amusing. Because <laughs> you know. Yeah, because I know so much differently, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 That's, that's like, you know, people – that haven't seen my my documentary thinks you know everything was just handed to me sure and sure and it's easy for people that yeah absolutely that don't yeah, know to I, come up with these crazy things yeah, they think yeah and, and you learn over time it's more a reflection of them than it is of you that's true the the win at talladega one funny story um out of that uh, i remember james Who's one of the biggest partiers in nascar mm. james james left he left yes yeah, so we were running like <laughs> I, I, 10th to 15th. I don't remember exactly where. And there's three laps to go. And, and you know, crowds, you don't want to sit in that traffic. Talladega traffic, you know, it's not good. And James said, I, I'm out of here. I don't want to sit in this traffic. We had a good run. We're going to run all right. I'm out. And so they called him as we, right after we won. And, and the, he had to get a police escort back, back in, in the racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most people were trying to get an escort out. He needed an escort to get back in. And, and he made, thankfully, he made it. Um, and I'm still not sure he knows how we won the race. Yeah. I hope he got to see some video of it. And um, I, I always wonder what his face was when he got the call. Like, Hello? Right. Uh, yeah, where are you at? We just won. Ah. Uh, no, you didn't. That, that, <laughs> you know what I mean? That would have like, been the reaction. I would have loved, like, if somebody would have been like, take this call. Wait, wait. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to film his reaction. That would have been priceless. Uh, and, and I talked about James being a big partier. And when I think of you, I know you got the Miller Lite and you like to have a beer every now and then. But I don't think of you as a partier. And that's why yeah. the, 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 the celebration in 2012 when you <laughs> won the championship was priceless. Because that that was just a guy yeah. that was happy. So talk. tell I, me about that. I believe in partying when you have something big to celebrate. I don't believe in like, uh, you know, hey, we should party every day of the week. So that that's just everybody's got their, their own, teach their own, right? Uh, but by golly, if there's a moment to party over, that's it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from what I remember of that day, it was a really good day. <laughs> well, it was good. It was good. Priceless video of you. <laughs> Did you have the goggles on? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, you know, you spray the champagne. You don't drink the champagne. You drink the beer. But you right. spray the champagne and that, that stuff burns your eyes, right? So they give you the goggles. Well, the the celebration was priceless and, and your career has been uh, certainly something to that will take you to the Hall of Fame. Uh, another thing I'm sure you never dreamed. But Well, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I, I'm... I need, like, one more thing, you know, like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm one thing short. Maybe it's a Daytona, maybe it's uh, another championship, uh, I don't know, but I'd like to think I'm right on the fringe and I need one more thing. 
Well, I, I think you're there, and one more thing would just be icing on the cake. But but your um, victory celebrations with the American flag and, and your foundation. I know my friend John Hondras is on the board of your yeah. foundation. and John's he, a great guy. He's shared with me not only the things that you do that gets talked about publicly, but for first responders and, yeah. and the difference you make in people's lives when they have uh, a tragedy that, that nobody really knows. and. Sure. I, I think I think that's I've always respected your your victory celebration and, and your love for our country and everything the foundation does but uh, just appreciate who you are Thanks. for for all that you do for folks. Well, I appreciate that, Michael. You know, at the end of the day, we drive again cars in a circle. I mean, it's like pretty good gig. Uh, you look out in the rest of the world. I haven't been everywhere. But I've been enough places to know not everybody else gets the opportunities we do here in the states and. You know, if you read the news or watch the news, sometimes you might think we've got it pretty bad. The reality is most of us have it pretty good. Not all of us, mm-hmm. but most of us have it pretty good. Uh, there's never been a better time to be alive in all of human society's human civilization. Uh, could things be better? Absolutely. But they're still pretty good. With that in mind, uh, when we race, the way I see it is we're really thank we're really lucky we're really like we get to spend a sunday we're not out farming we're not out like fighting a war we're at a racetrack drinking a beer and watching a race you know or when the race is over running the race and drinking a beer and, and having fun so i always feel like the end of the race especially one that i, I win that i want to acknowledge that and that's what the American flag means to me. It means acknowledging the rights, the freedoms, the privileges we have. It means different things to different people. Um, you know, I, I, and I completely understand that. Uh, but to me, it means living in a great place. Mm-hmm. It means having freedoms that didn't come free uh, and recognizing those things, uh, whether they be at the, you know, the military level, your, your veterans or, or those that are active duty or first responders and, and those that – uh, give us those privileges. So I'm, I'm very thankful. And, um, you know, getting to fly the American flag after the race is the easiest way I know how to show it. Um, and I understand that might not make sense to some people, but that's how I feel about it. It makes perfect sense to me. And, and all the work that you do behind the scenes is, is something you should be commended for. And I know oh, uh, I know Appreciate people it. that know you, Scarlett, the baby girl, and Paige. Uh, you have a beautiful family as well. Thank you. And uh, I know they appreciate who you are as a dad. I appreciate that way. I'm, I'm just completely blessed beyond belief, and I'm just trying not to screw it up. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I do every day. You know, like, I wake up in the morning and say, "All right, I'm really blessed. Don't screw this up today." Yeah, yeah. isn't you know? that human? Isn't that yes. who we are as people? Yes, like it, which means rise and grind because there's work to be done, or you're going to get fired. But hey, that's life. That's right. Well, let's go rapid fire from Reddit. You want to just let Ford hit you with a few? What do you got over there, Ford? What's Reddit want to know from this? Fine American here, Brad Kozlowski. Well, I, I got one as far as, uh, of course, you were talking about your altercation with Carl you had, but we have one from Hunter in Evansville, Indiana. Hey. What made you decide to call Kyle Bush an ass? Oh, uh, yes, race yeah. At Bristol, of you know, people ask me about there any reper- repercussions on that as well? Yeah, no, people ask me about that all the time. It's probably one of the most asked about things, if not the most asked about things. I well, then I would feel remiss if we didn't ask. Yeah, no, it's, and it's fair. Speaking of ass... First off, <laughs> let's you, ask. You forgot the cake. Uh, <laughs> first off, we were in a rough period of time. He and I are not that we're good friends now, but 
probably it was rougher even then than it is now. And, uh, you know, I was pretty frustrated with him. He had said some things that I just really took exception to. And, uh, you know, in that moment, I think I was sitting next to Casey Mears in driver intros. And he had qualified behind me. Um, so he went out before me and he said something that was just like, I reached my boiling point. And, uh, so I was about to go out and Casey Mears was right by me. And I told him, I'm going to say, no, you won't. <laughs> and that, that was the catalyst. Um, so it's Casey. No, it's not his fault. No, it's not his fault. Uh, he was an inspiration. How about that? Do you but know not his fault? There was a lot of things brewing, you know, as far as a reaction, um, one, it, it lives on forever on YouTube. Uh, two, I don't think it really made Roger Penske all that happy, although he never said anything to me about it. How about that? Um, but I think looking back, uh, I'm, I wish I could have handled that with a little more grace. I'm not sure I know how to with that particular individual. Um, but it ended up becoming a, a bit of a, a life lesson for me on, you know, how do I want to live my life? What what values do I want? What, to have? what I want Scarlett to see on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And now she'll be able to pull that up at one any day. Time. And I'm sure you know, ten, maybe fifteen years from now, if I'm lucky, she'll find it and she'll call me out on it, and I'll go do as I say, not as I've done. Daddy's made some mistakes, honey. Yes. And I want you to learn from those. Yep. That's a great. You don't thing. have to make them too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know what? I might just try to get in front of it. I might show it to her when she's like twelve. Yeah. And, and whenever, like, she'll have a moment, like, you know, all kids have their moments where she's mad at another kid and she calls them names. And, and use it as an and example. Like, yeah, I've been there too. Here, watch this video. <laughs> Here's why I could have handled it better. Right. <laughs> and I don't know. We'll, we'll see. What else you got over there, buddy? We got another one over here. It's uh, from Matthew here on Reddit as well. If you could change one decision NASCAR has made this decade, what? would it be this decade meaning the o's like back to the o's or in the teens, the tens to 19 that's a decade yeah yeah and the o's obviously the car of tomorrow could have been handled differently or better i mean i don't think it's a mistake but it could have been handled differently it's it's hard to pick one (laughs) um i'm on a kick right now let's hear it here's here's my kick um i believe in chains right so Chain of command, chain of decisions, chains, and how things flow. Um, I feel like that one of the biggest mistakes our sport made was they lost track of the midway. So midway, for those that don't know, those that are listening, midway is the area outside the grandstands. So if you go to the area outside of the grandstands right now, you'll see some souvenirs, you'll see a few displays, uh, maybe monsters out there, maybe Fords out there, or some of the other OEMs. Um, when I was a kid and I was going to races, the midway was my favorite part. Because mm-hmm. there'd be somebody inevitably that was set up with slot cars or somebody that was set up with video games. Then you'd go to the merchandise trucks and you'd oogle at all the die casts. You, you know, who knows what there was? There, of course, there'd be somebody with like a, you know, the triple dipped Oreo cookie, you know, that, it, you know. Fried donuts. Yeah, fried donuts. And the Midway to me was a huge part of the overall experience. It was also your retreat, right? Because you sit in the grandstands for an hour or two as a little kid. You're like, 
yeah, the race is great, but I just want to eat a donut because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm a kid. Yeah. Or maybe I'm an adult and I'm still that way. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we lost track of the midway. We didn't put enough effort into it. And um, I would, I think that was maybe an unconscious decision of the last decade. I feel like losing, like they used to do the NASCAR shows, mm-hmm. uh, NASCAR Live, Trackside Live. Losing those shows was a huge loss for our sport. And uh, I would like to see us go back and fix all of that. And because here's how it plays in the chain. Part of the experience of a fan buying a ticket is the midway. So that midway experience needs to be terrific. It needs to feel like the local fair on steroids with a race. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do that, I feel like you'll get more people to come to the races. You'll get fuller grandstands. You get fuller grandstands, then you get people watching on TV who see full grandstands. And they say, oh, wow, it's got to be good. Grandstands are full. That plays into your psyche. And I think that is all part of the experience. If you look at our racing today, there's plenty of room for improvement. Don't get me wrong. But if you compare it to some of the races of the 90s, it's as good, if not better. It's better. And it's it, not that, as good, it's better. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some races where you could argue it's not as good. But but, but here, let me tell you this. If you just look at the numbers, you would say the race you won at Martinsville in the spring was not a good race. Mm-hmm. But that's bullshit. Because the last 10 laps, Chase Elliott was, was running right there. Yep. He was running you yep, down. Yep, yep, he yep. slipped off the corner once or twice. He was there. He was forcing it, yeah. And I just... I'm, I will argue till the day I die that the, the, the when people say it's better than it's been in a long time, that's incorrect. It's better than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Now, statistically, last night, Kyle won by seven seconds or yeah. five, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. It was a lot. Um, you're going to have those races. You're going to have the Yankees yeah. win 14-2 to two once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But back to your boardwalk, excuse me, midway. midway. Yeah, I would go to the midway and, and fix the midway. I'd get more driver engagement. If you fix the midway... You know who's sixth midway? ISM Raceway in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. That um, fan zone down in turns one and two. Now, I would agree. I would actually disagree. I would. I think the opposite. I feel like they move the midway from the outside of the racetrack to the inside of the racetrack. So they they punted. Is kind of my feel for it. But but that's not. I don't agree because there's a lot that's like when they move those grandstands around. There's a lot going on behind those grandstands. Sure. I didn't. I didn't uh, have a job at at phoenix uh a couple weeks ago so i went up into the the grandstands and visited some friends and i went out front and signed some autographs there it i think ism's gotten it right they're doing better than most because they've put a conscious effort in it but i don't think it cost them what a hundred some million see i think you could do that without spending a hundred million i walked and and it's funny we're on this subject because i walked um the midway at Miami yesterday yep. because I was in the infield. There's a pedestrian tunnel that goes underneath turn one. to, to And they, they had like tents set up and it said chicken tenders on this tent and cheeseburgers yep, yep, on this tent. Yep. And there was a bar. Uh, they Have you seen that bar they dragged to the racetrack? I have, and it's, yeah. it's like a trailer and they uh-huh. open it. Yeah, so the seats fold out. Yeah. All that's out there. And I was, I was in my mind thinking there was lines at each one of them. I said, well, they need more of them. Yep. If yep. there's lines, just yep. have more. Yep. And we have the margarita bar at ISM. My buddy owns Modern Margarita, mm. and we have a, a Michael Waltrip margarita. It's called the two-time Mango Rita. 
Um, <laughs> and so I do like that. Yeah, that's where ISM got it right. If you got a margarita bar, you're doing something right. Right. And so I was there last year, and people were standing in line too yeah. long. Yeah. And I told I told my friend Glenn, I said, we got to have more bartenders. We got to have people walking the line saying, "What do you want? What do you want?" We got to get people through here. We can make yeah, more yeah, money this yeah, way. Yeah. And so I don't like lines, Ford. Um, we like the improving of the midway. I couldn't agree more. I think every yeah. track needs to look at what they've got. But they need to find a way to do it without spending $100 million because that's – That'll get old. That'll get old real fast. <laughs> yeah. And, and so uh, the, here's my idea for it. I, I've already – I've worked on this. So how do you fix it, Michael? That's probably the next question. Um, I like the new schedule. Friday's practice. Saturday, qualifying. Sunday, race. So here's what I've, I've, I've actually proposed this, uh, you know, to, to some people. But I would like to see us get to a spot where Saturday we stay with the schedule and Saturdays turn into a uh, like a festival outside Concert. with all the drivers and all that. Um, and I think there's a lot of ideas of how to pull that off. But you could do that without spending $100 million, right? And there's, there's a lot of ways how to do it. You know, I... I don't want to get into this because people get tired hearing, but the cars are too loud. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, people don't like hearing that. I know but they don't, but I don't cars, care. Here's the important thing to understand. The cars are louder now than they were 15 years ago. Well, here's the important thing to understand. If Say this say this card, this Fox Sports card. This is, this is a Tesla, mm-hmm. and this is NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Look at all this freaking space. <laughs> do you yeah. see all the places we could live yeah. here? And do you know that with the 2021 car, if they don't do it, and I don't understand why they didn't do it with the spec engine in the truck, come with a muffler package. And when I say that, make a Toyota sound like a Toyota. Give you a decibel yeah. level and let the Toyotas go to work with their sound. Give so the Fords the one same. One thing that has changed, so people are probably going to watch this and say, well, why are the cars louder now than they were 15 years ago? So 15 years ago, the cars used to run uh, a dual exhaust. Mm-hmm. So right, it would come out the left and it would come out the right. And about 15 years ago, we had this rash of fires. I don't know. Do you remember that? Like yeah. Bobby Labonte had this big fire and there were some huge pit road fires that happened. And so what NASCAR did is they came out with a, a right side exhaust rule. So all the exhaust comes out the right side. So the same time NASCAR did that, the tracks built up a bunch of grandstands. And what happened was all the exhaust comes out the right side. It echoes up against the wall, and it doesn't escape because the grandstands are all around the racetracks. And those two together made the racing much, much louder, uh, or the experience much louder. Yeah. So I would expect with the new car that they'll go back to the dual If exhaust. they don't put mufflers on them, they're screwing up. And well, the reason the, why I say that, you know where some of the most crazy uh, – Blue collar racing is in America. Short tracks, yeah. Yeah, Bowman Gray Stadium they specifically. Mufflers, yeah. They run mufflers there. So me saying the cars need mufflers, I don't understand people saying, "Man, that's crazy," because they can still be loud. Yeah, they just yeah. need to sound. They don't. They don't sound cool. They just sound loud. <laughs> that, that's all they do. Yeah. And you're, so you're not going to tell, other than your ears bleeding, the difference between 110 decibels and 95. I think you will. No, no, I mean in a in a negative way. Oh. Yeah, you're yeah. not going to go like, oh, this isn't as fun. They're only 95 decibels <laughs> instead of 110. Let me tell you the, the story real quick. I'm a golfer. I love being out on a golf course, and it's quiet uh-huh. and beautiful, and I'm looking at my ball thinking, you ball, why won't you go where I want you to? There's a lot going on there, so that's not the point. But I'll be over a, a, getting ready to hit a shot, and I'll be like, 
and all of a sudden, I'll hear a, a, a Camaro take yeah. off down down the road or a Ferrari, and I'll, I'll perk up. I was like, "Do you hear that? Yeah. They sound cool, yep. you know." And and that's what I would hope for for NASCAR that uh-huh. they they would take the ninety decibel or the hundred and ten. I don't even know where it's, we're at. We're probably at a hundred and ten, and if we could get it to ninety five, we'd be in a good spot. No, well that's that's a start. We we yeah. we agree that 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 would be a. A good and not change. because we're you know sissies or there's somebody watching going uh, oh sissies, but no that's where the sport was 15 20 years ago it was 95 to 100. Well so. we need to get back there. And then the other thing I was going to tell you about your midway suggestion was um, I was walking behind the grandstands in Miami and it was during during the first stage about 30 laps in, I was amazed at the amount of people that were wandering around yeah, back there. Yeah. They weren't watching. It's a big part of the experience. Yeah, they, they you, weren't watching the race. They were just checking everything out. You watch a race for an hour or two, you're like, this is great. I got another two hours left. You know what? I'm going to go get Check a, everything out. I'm going to go get a beer, hopefully a Miller Lite. Yeah. And uh, maybe a hot dog, hamburger. And you know what? While I'm there, Martin Truex is leading the race. Maybe I'll buy his hat. Yeah. And well, I, by the time I get done doing all this, there'll be about 50 to 100 to go. And I'll go watch. I'll go watch the end. All right. Yeah, I I'll, think that's a good thing. I like where you're at in that. Yeah, and I'll tell you one. Here's the other part of Midway. They got to figure out a way to get the prices down. No doubt. How what that is, I don't know. But they got to charge whatever it is. Cut it in half. Yeah. If a hat right now costs thirty bucks, make it fifteen. Right. They got to figure that out. Yeah, that Bloody Mary that I bought cost eighteen bucks. I'd like it to have been twelve. <laughs> I'll just tell you How about that. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be even better. Uh, what do you, you got? Anything else, Ford? We're gonna wrap this up. I actually have a question for myself. Hit me, Ford. Well, I mean, don't and, hit me, but give me a question. Yeah, that's right. So, do you know his dad was a on. former crew chief? In yeah, NASCAR? good one. Yeah. yeah, he was around the garage for a while, but now he's retired, living the farm life now. So he's, I saw he's where your spotter, Joey. Joe, did, did Joey, Joey, your former Meyer spotter, retired from spotting? Is yeah. that for sure? Well, you know, is that just a way to say I'm getting a new job? I think it's a little bit like your brother when he retired, but he, he came back about every year or two and, and ran a few races. You know, it's one, probably one of those deals. Okay. I might be wrong. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I have a question for myself, and it happened on Friday night in the truck race. Um, a lot of fans are talking about it. Matt Crafton winning the championship, not winning a race yep. all year long. Some fans are, are talking about it. This is a question for both of you. Um, what do you say to those fans saying that Matt Crafton shouldn't win the championship because he didn't win a race all year? He's only won one race in the last three seasons. Here's what how I look at that. Here's here's the list of criteria it takes to win the championship, and at the bottom is the championship. He met all the criteria and he beat the best and he won the championship. I have absolutely no problem with it being zero wins and one championship. Brad, it's my turn. Yes, I'd say that one. The fans are always right because they're the customer. Um, but you're not listening to a big enough sampling of the fans when sure. you start listening to people on Twitter. Because Twitter Twitter proves to me that some people don't deserve a voice. <laughs> That's what Twitter has proven to me. Well, uh, first off, let me put it this way. I think Matt deserved to win the championship because he fit the criteria. When the rules started at the start of the season, everybody knew what they were. And he played through them to the best of his ability. Absolutely. Give him his trophy. Give him his check. Congratulations, <laughs> Matt. Conversely, I would also say that I don't agree personally with the way the championship is awarded in NASCAR. Um, now, as a driver, it's my job to maximize like Matt did. So I, I spend my time and energy focusing in on that. But if someone asks me how I feel like it should be done... I have felt this way since the beginning. 
And I feel that way to this day, that the championship should go uh, to the driver with the most wins Yeah, every year. I feel like that should be the rules, no exception, consistency, don't care. I feel like you win 12 races, you should win the championship. Now, I get why some people care so much about adding a playoff to the end of the year because what if somebody has seven wins and the next guy has five? Then you get to Homestead and it doesn't matter. Uh, All right, I'll humor that. Uh, I do like the idea that if I was going to add a playoff format to it, the only thing I would do is I would take the top four in wins and the last race of the year, if one of those four can win the race – then they win the championship. I, I, I That's how I would change it. Right. If, if I had my perfect format, you'd go to the last race of the year and you'd say, you four have the most wins. One, two, three, four. You guys all go to Homestead. If one of you wins the race, you win the championship. If none of you win the race, then the guy who has the most wins wins the championship. Wow. That's how I would do it. Because my biggest complaint with the NASCAR playoffs has been and continues to be that which should not come down to 10 races or the last race. It should be off of a whole season's worth of performance. And I like the stages. Don't get me wrong. I think they're great. They're a great addition. But I would, in my heart, that's how I would change it. I would change it to some kind of format to where uh, if I'm at Pocono in June and my guy wins – by golly, that should count. Yeah, and it, it does to some extent. You get the bonus points and and, and all I mean, that, but it'll generally get you in. It'll generally get you in, but it's not the same as if I saw Brad Keselowski win race three of the six races he won that year, and he won six races. The next closest guy was five. By golly, I watched him win the championship at Pocono. I don't. Does that make sense to you? I don't. Because I, if I like opinions, but I don't like that. I feel like there's got to be some sort of playoffs. All sports have them. Yeah, but the difference is our sport against all other sports, every other sport, not all the same teams play each other every week. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't feel that way. All the teams play each other every week in NASCAR. So I feel like when you create playoffs in NASCAR, it has the opposite effects to what it has in other sports because you're devaluing – the rest of the season before the playoffs have started, where it's the opposite in a sport where all of the teams don't play each other every week because you're increasing the value as you go. Well, let me – a couple other things about um, – Do you understand the difference between you're diminishing the value versus increasing the I value? Just, I feel like those wins get you seated for the playoffs, and there's value to them. So I feel I mean, like There is value to them. Don't get me wrong. But they come at the expense of everything that happened in the 25 weeks before the playoffs. We're moving the, the final race to Phoenix next year. Are you a fan of moving that race to different race tracks? Oh, it should move every year. Every year. Every year. I would think so. Um, there's probably some people in Phoenix that don't like to hear that. But Well, I mean, that's, that's, people probably didn't like to hear a lot of things that, that we've said, but that's why we're here. We get to talk. we yeah. got a show. I think we should pick. Now, it does need to be a, a little bit of a warmer weather area. Like if I could pick like that. Yeah. Ten areas. Yeah. Maybe if I pick ten towns, you know, maybe it's Phoenix one year, maybe it's Miami the next, maybe it's Texas. Could it be Darlington? It, yeah, be potentially. Cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Could be. So I, I think you could pick like three or four different places, yeah. Could be Auto Club. What um, about the banquet? It's maybe moving. more than you could probably get to ten. 
What about the banquet? It's moving from Vegas to Nashville. You like it going to Nashville? I do like that. Yeah, Vegas could be one of them. Mm-hmm. That could be your no last doubt. race. I, I think there's probably about 10 different tracks you could shuffle it through. You're probably not going to run your last race of the year in Loudoun, New Hampshire. That's a bad idea. Although we did it once. We did once, but it was really <laughs> cold. Like It wasn't as cold as I thought it was going to be. But it was still cold. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Um, so, anyway, that's my take. Anything else you want to fix before we go? Uh Man, see, this is why I can't run NASCAR. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, like I'd love to, but I'm pretty sure that I'd come up with all this stuff and, and people would want to kill me. Yeah. I don't know if kills is the right word. They might all right. Not. Well, they, they would say on Twitter they would. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. They yeah. might kill you on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Poor uh, Steve O'Donnell. <laughs> you ever go to his, his page no. and just look at his comments? Yeah, oh, man, no, that poor guy. I don't pay any attention. Oh, uh, he's got guts. Much. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like uh, it at all. So yeah. I just tell my positive stories on there and let people. So somebody asked me. Uh, it was Dale Jr. I was on his podcast, and they said, "Do you notice a difference between Twitter and Instagram?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, absolutely." Normal people live on Instagram. <laughs> Here's what I tell them. I say, "There's three things going on here. You have Facebook." Which is really normal people. Which is what depends on who you are. It's full of conservatives. You have Twitter, which seems to be full of more liberal-minded people. Then you have Instagram, which is full of people that just want to get the hell away from those other two people. (laughs) And live in the middle? And live in the middle. Yeah. And that's your three groups. One, two, and three. I don't know. Maybe I'll think about that, but I I don't like it. You, are you saying you live on Facebook or Instagram? No, I like Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And I go to Twitter and I got yelled at last week. I blocked Kenny Wallace from my Twitter. Did Kenny yell at you? No, here's how that went down. He told the story on Dell Jr.'s download, and people have been like, why would you block Kenny Wallace? So here's, here's how it happened. Uh-huh. Kenny Wallace has a wedding trip planned for his family to go somewhere, and their flight got canceled. Uh-huh. And he lost his mind on Twitter telling American Airlines that they were not um, – very professional and sure. said a lot of things about American Airlines. Okay, I haven't seen this, so this okay. is my first time. Well, let me just. I have no the, context on what you give me. me. So you give me, this, give me the full deal this, here. This is how it went down. So he was he was a bit belligerent, maybe uh, he was really angry, frustrated, frustrated, angry with American Airlines. That's Kenny's world, you know. I whatever, however he wants to do all that. That's his business. It doesn't have anything to do with me. So, oh, no, Kenny, I whatever you think, Kenny. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to go to their DM and hit them per- privately to tell them my my problem sure. and see if sure. we can get somewhere like that. But that's 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 not what he did. That's fine. So a week later, I fly Charlotte Phoenix. I had the sweetest flight attendant I've ever met. American Airlines. American Airlines. American Airlines. Okay. And the captain came. You know, when he, when we got up to get off the plane, the captain stood there and greeted us all. Said thanks for, and I just had a wonderful experience. Yep. yep. And I put on my Twitter. Uh, thank you, American Airlines. What a professional crew. What a sweet flight attendant. What a great trip. I can kind of see in my head where this is going, but the anticipation is killing me. I, I really appreciate your service. Kenny Wallace comes onto my Twitter and says, yeah, unless they screw you like they did me and my family. And now, I, all of a sudden, I got all his angry people <laughs> yelling at me because I had a good fight. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to put up with that. So I blocked him. And then I didn't have to look at it. Mm. 
So are you and Kenny still friends? Yes, we're you're, dear you're, friends. You're just not Twitter friends right now. Not, no, we've 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 we have a difference of opinion on how to 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 treat Twitter. Have you agreed to disagree? No, we just hugged and said I miss you and I don't see you enough and and we're friends and we'll always be friends and this doesn't have anything to do with our friendship. It's it's just the baggage that he brought with him over to my place. <laughs> you know, I invited him over maybe and he brought a bunch of angry people with him and I'm like, I'm not I don't I don't want these people in my house. I, that, that's it's Who are my these people. It's my house. It's not their house. Yeah. So anyway, it's my fake house on uh, the internet. You you've you've learned to use Twitter for the good and the bad and the diff- the ugly, good, bad, and ugly. You, you got to take them all, man. That's life. Yeah. It's just a microcosm for life. Right. Yeah. You know it, the the thing about it is. I hope it's gone by the time Scarlet gets old enough to use it. You, you think it's you know, going anywhere? There are times. You know, they did close MySpace. You yeah, never that's know. True. There are times when I look at technology and I think it's a blessing, and there are times I look at it when I think it's a curse. Um, I personally love Twitter for the news. Me too. I I read it. I, people ask me all the time, you're on Twitter all the time. I said, yeah, but I really don't post that much. I read a lot, a lot, a lot, Yeah, a lot of articles. I read stuff that, from people, and I pay attention to people that are, that are. if someone wants to argue with me and they do it um, intelligently. Gracefully. Uh, even, like, don't don't say I'm a dick. Like, I, that that doesn't. That doesn't make your argument mean anything to nope. me. That just makes me want to tell you, like, I'll just skip right over that. GTFO. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but it sounds like something I need to know more about. Yeah, so GTFO is a little <laughs> acronym action there. but Oh, man, man, it's been so much fun. Do you do you know anything that I've not asked you about? If you uh, walked out of here, you'll be like, that. Mike's pretty good at his, at his No, pot. but I haven't got to ask you anything. Uh, okay, you can ask me a question. Okay, so I went and saw a blank of the eye. Oh, thank you. Blank of an eye. Blank of an eye, not the eye. I'm not good with that. Yeah. It's blank of an eye, right? Blink of an eye. Great movie. Thank you. you. Did a great job. Thank you. Um, I, I I hope you're really proud of it. Sounds like you are. You've got so much to be proud of. And, right. Uh, you know, I think um, so. This is more of a commentary than anything else. Yeah. It gave me a deeper appreciation for you. You know, I because I'm no different than anyone else. I only see what TV shows us, right? And I get to spend a little more time with you than most people do, but not enough time to really understand all the other things that have happened in your life. And uh, I think uh, that was really well done. And, uh, you know, I just want to commend you on putting it together. And uh, I hope if, you, if you're if you watching or listening that you guys get a chance to watch it. I watched it in, uh, uh, in my bed. I was wearing my pajamas. Nice. Sleeping next to my pregnant I was hope- wife. I was hoping you'd be wearing that sweater that I... Uh, no, you know, I gave it to Clint Boyer. <laughs> you gave it away? Yeah. And here's did how... Did Clint I... want it? He did. He wants to wear it for Christmas. Yeah. My Miller Lite Christmas sweater. <laughs> but here's how you know it was a great movie. So my wife is 37 weeks pregnant as we film this here today. And uh, let's just say when we get in the bed, she falls asleep pretty quick. She watched the entire movie with me. Yeah. The entire, like, she's, like, she sat up doing the, oh, oh, but watched the entire movie. That tells you how good a movie it was. So I just wanted you to know that we appreciated it and we were glad to watch it. And uh, thank you for telling your story. It's, uh, it's, I can't, I can't talk about it without, like, I'll never be the same. I can't talk about it without crying. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's just that emotional. And, and um, my, my, my main thing about, the, the doc was uh, Dale Jr. was a part of it, and that was impressive. You got him to be a part of it. Yeah, and I, I told 
I told Mitch, the guys from Monster. Uh, that, Kenny was in it too? Uh, Schrader, yeah. yes. I told the guys from Monster, if we can't get Dale Jr. to do it, well, I don't know if we can even do it. Yeah. He's, you know, he was a big part of that day. And he was kind enough to do it. And and I read where he told someone that, you know, one day when Isla grows up, he wants her to see that movie so mm. she can see what a, what kind of man her grandpa was. Yeah. And and Kelly was happy with it. The Earnhardt, the Earnhardt family and my ex-wife, Buffy, were the two people, the two groups that I wanted to know sure. what they thought. Because Buffy lived it. Yeah. And so did Dale Jr. and Kelly and the family. So thank you. It, it really turned out well. Did, uh, did Macy watch it with you? Yeah. Yeah, uh, my daughter, my my daughter. She was pretty young at that time, right? How yes. old was she at the time? She was like she four, was two or three. Two or three? Yeah. Oh wow! My daughter Caitlin, uh, she's twenty nine now, and 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 I have two grandsons, and so course, she remembers it a little better. Caitlin remembers it. Yeah, um, was there. But the funny thing about my grandsons, uh, so he's uh, Bryson seven. And he's learned how to take his mom's phone and text me. Mm-hmm. And he sent me a text. He said, "He said, Papa, I I um, I know the movie comes out on iTunes today. I'm going to download it and watch it again." Yeah, <laughs> Seven years just, old, and that, that just like made your heart flutter, didn't yeah, it? Did. Yeah, he, he said, yeah. "My lap." We watched it in in Burkdale, uh for the premiere. I, I hated. I missed the premiere. I wanted to come. I was in yeah. Richmond for the NASCAR, but. Yeah, it, it was. I'm really, glad I got to see it. I appreciate you taking the time to watch it. It's a good history lesson, I think. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, all these stories, like this is something I've learned. Like they get lost over time. Like the, the people, the key people in them, they forget pieces of it or God forbid they pass away or whatever happens. And so it's so important to, to tell them. And uh, I'm glad you did. Yeah. I think a lot of people are glad you did. Those that have watched it are glad They've seen it. Those who haven't watched it, they're just missing out, and they'll figure it out one day. But. <laughs> That's right. Well, buddy, I really appreciate your time, and thank you so much for coming. And Glad to be here. I'm glad, uh, thankful that you have such a voice in the sport. The championship means when you when you talk, people listen, yeah. and, and generally, <laughs> whether we agree about different subjects, uh, it's always, it's always um, beneficial to hear people's differing opinions. Yep, that's what makes the world go around, different ideas, different opinions, different people, and... Uh, we don't have to agree on everything, but it doesn't mean we have to hate each other either. No, we don't have to yell at each other. Or yell at each other. Yep. I would never call you a dick. <laughs> You're better than me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks, uh, buddy. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Brad. Obviously, very informative, very inside looks into different parts of the sports. He gets pretty deep. We had some differing opinions, but we're both friends. We understand that uh, you, there's more than one way to look at things, and I was glad to listen to Brad's view on a, several of the subjects that we discussed. So uh, talk to me. Make sure you tell your friends about Walter Unfiltered. Have them add us via their favorite podcast app. Also, you can watch snippets of our show on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Fox Sports' YouTube channel. So tomorrow is Thanksgiving. I have so much to be thankful for. I hope everybody has a great day with their family and enjoy some football. And before you know it, we'll be in Nashville for the awards banquet. It's a big season for NASCAR 2019, and we're going to wrap it up in the Music City. Thanks for tuning in. We'll check you out soon.